0: of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones here on the Act of Worship podcast. Uh, Thanks for joining me. And uh, today I want to talk about something that I think is very important in the Christian faith. Um, you know, we're approaching the Feast of Saint Valentine, uh, Valentine's Day, and at least in Western culture, we also we we often talk about um, the topic of love and consider love around Valentine's Day. And so, February fourteenth has really become something of an enigma in our society. Um, where it, it has really moved far away from its original intent. Um, so little is known about St. Valentine that the Catholic Church has actually removed the Feast of St. Valentine as an official feast day, but it's, it's opted to keep it on local calendars. Um, but in Western culture, Valentine's Day is a day that we celebrate love. In America, a lot of people probably don't even know that Valentine's Day is Actually, it was derived from the Feast of St. Valentine, and um, uh, to them, it's to most people in America, it's just a symbol of love and um, nothing more than that. Um, but as a follower of Christ, we are called to love. And uh, so while I'm not going to spend this time talking about Valentine's Day, I want to talk about something that I believe is strongly related to love. Um uh, there's a comedian, an illusionist, entertainer, celebrity that you may have heard of named Penn Gillette. and um, it was back in uh, 2008 or nine, uh, somewhere around there. I heard him um, speaking to someone about Christians who uh, evangelize, who witness, and uh, Penn Jillette is an atheist, and uh, someone asked him something along the lines of, "What do you think when Christians witness?" and Um, His response was, I'm paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of, if um, you believe that you hold the key to an eternity um, out out of hell, an eternity of heaven, and you could save somebody from hell, how much do you have to hate somebody to not share that news with them? Uh, And it really made me think, this is an atheist saying that, and Um, At that time, I was very convicted I need to do a better job of witnessing. And I I still find myself being convicted that I'm not doing a good enough job of witnessing preaching the gospel message. And so in many ways, I relate evangelism to love, and so that's why I am um, talking about this topic close to Valentine's Day. Uh, We are given an urgent call to preach the gospel and to share the love of Jesus Christ, God is love, and he's given uh, people away to him through Jesus Christ. And so how much, as Penn Jillette would ask, how much do we have to not love people to refuse our participation in evangelism? If, if love doesn't compel us to evangelize, we should be compelled really first and foremost by the mere fact that God has called us and commanded us to do it. Um... 2 Timothy 4, 5 we're told to do the work of an evangelist. And that's um, what Paul told Timothy, but that's his words to us as well. So it's a command. And so God's command should be enough for us. In other words, because he is God and because he is Lord, he has commanded us to do this thing, we should do it. Um, irrespective of anything else. Uh, but often that's not the case. We need some motivators. Um And if there is some sort of motivation that we should have, it should be our love for people. And because of that, let us be evangelists. And so on that topic, I want to ask you, what is the best method of evangelism? And there's different thoughts on this. I was raised in a firmly evangelical Baptist church that not only um, believed in evangelism, but practiced it, and when you utilize various methods of evangelism, Um, I learned a plurality of acronyms and methods. It was force-fed into my brain from an early age. One that I remember that maybe you have heard of is the faith method. Uh, The word faith, it's an acronym, and each letter of faith represented a part of the gospel message. And so we would memorize this presentation and uh, go up to people and give them this presentation based on this faith acronym And so the goal at the end of the presentation was to get people to receive Christ, and I say receive Christ, uh, this is a secondary debate issue, but uh, for a long time I have said receive Christ rather than accept Christ, because I do not believe people accept Christ. We receive Christ. Um, That's a whole nother topic, but... uh, um, however you look at it, um, these methods of evangelism can be good or bad, depending on the way you look at it. And so a method such as this, the faith mes- method, could could be beneficial, especially for people like me who enjoy structure and planning. I, I would rather have that. When I speak, when I preach, when I give a presentation, I want to know what I'm going to say beforehand, and that's not to diminish the prompting of the Holy Spirit in evangelism, but structure really does help people like me. But no matter how we employ evangelism, uh, evangelism is necessary for all believers to participate in. We are called to evangelize. So how should we do it and why is it important? I have some thoughts on that as we're thinking about um, evangelism. And, and these these may help clarify some things and perhaps give you some practical ways to evangelize. The first thought I have on this is that all creative to preach the gospel, but they help. And so I don't want to diminish the importance of relationships. Practically speaking, um, relationships unquestionably help us in our gospel presentation. And some of us know this from personal experience. I I know I certainly do. I have had better results speaking to friends about faith than I have with random people. And I've done that before, too, spoken to random people and people. I've had better results with people that I actually know. Pragmatically, people are more willing to listen to and, and have discussions of faith with people they know, which is why uh, we should also strive to build relationships with people. Without expecting the lost to act as if they are saved, we should build loving and meaningful relationships with those who don't know Christ. Uh, and and I say that because so often we expect the world to act like us and to act saved. Uh, or maybe I shouldn't say to act like us, but to act like a Christian should. They don't know Christ. We can't expect them to do that. And, and so... We should develop these loving and meaningful relationships for the purpose of sharing the gospel. And as we do that, as we develop these relationships, multiple opportunities of evangelism uh, that could prove far more effective than if we uh, didn't build those relationships, uh, they open up. And, and quite naturally, to be, uh, to be honest. Uh, So the goal of anything in life is the glorification of God, anything, period. The goal of relationships, similarly, is the gospel message of hope in the glory of Jesus Christ. And so while we're called to evangelize constantly at all times, relationships surely help. And so let us not neglect that. Our goal in relationships should be a continual proclamation of the gospel message in our work of evangelism. Another thought I have towards this, towards uh, evangelism methods, is to be wise about the language you use. You see, if, if we're not careful, we could wrongly assume that those who are lost understand the language we use as Christians. I was saved at an an early age, but if you were not saved at an early age and were not raised in the church, you probably understand what I'm talking about here. Reasonably speaking, the world doesn't understand much of our biblical and spiritual language for a multitude of reasons. Uh, Sometimes we speak to each other in biblical language that we would not ordinarily use in colloquial conversations in everyday life. Words such as sanctification, salvation, eschatology... (laughs) Uh, those are things that don't register with the common lost person, and to be honest, sometimes people in the church. Uh, they are important words, and I don't think we should stray from them, but w- context is crucial here. And we should be very careful and wise with the evangelistic language we use. And so this is another reason that building relationships is helpful. If you If you have a relationship with someone, you have time to gauge how you speak to those you witness to, if you already have a relationship with them. Uh, bear in mind also that older evangelistic methods sometimes are ineffective in our modern society. Uh, for example, um, when I was growing up, and maybe you've used this method or at least seen it done or heard it done, um, one way people, uh, witness to people, even people they never met, was to say, if you were to die today, you know, blah, 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 do you know where you would spend eternity or whatever, Uh in general, I would say that's probably not a good way to start a conversation. If you were to die today, <laughs> you could have a very bad reaction with that. Um, and, and so you need to gauge these situations and use your brain and think a little bit. But um, that's usually a bad conversation starter. Um God has given us brains and social skills for, for a reason, for his purposes. And evangelism is one of those purposes. So gauge the context, gauge the situation, and act from there. And so be wise with the language that you use. In conclusion, I, when I'm talking about evangelism here, something I do not want to leave out is the fact that something is better than nothing. Um, I, I've given you several thoughts here, uh, but really, realize that something is better than nothing. Uh, Many Christians will use the very points I've made talking today to make excuses for not sharing Christ. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi once said, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use words. In other words, at all times you are to be a living, breathing presentation of the gospel, evangelizing. So we evangelize not only with our words, but also with our lifestyles. God uses the foolishness of preaching, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.21. So no matter what method we use, the Holy Spirit continues to change lives. Don't worry uh, too much about um, the method you are doing or you are using as much as just doing it. It's better to use something than nothing at all. It's better to evangelize in some way than to not do it at all. And so the way the Holy Spirit does, um, does, does use us uh, is through our participation in evangelism. Um, he doesn't, the way he does not use us, though, is if we neglect to evangelize. In other words, there's no excuse for not participating in evangelism. We won't get it 100% correct, but the Spirit always will. God uses the foolishness of preaching, and don't use that as an excuse not to be wise and use your brain and the method that you use, but you still won't get it 100% correct. Our job, our part, is to trust God and to obey Him. So we should be wise in how we present the gospel, but we should also not neglect to present it. We should think, use common sense, study, pray, and polish our our presentation, polish the way that we we approach people, build relationships. Yes, do all of those, but at least do it. And don't neglect to obey uh, the, the task God has given. He's given us the task of fulfilling our call and doing the work of an evangelist. So no matter what method you use, At least participate. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game and participate as an active and faithful evangelist of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.